Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have got a lot to talk about. I'm going to be diving into the sovereigns and uh, what their intent is. Uh, I also want to make sure that I cover some of the changes that just recently came out for the game regarding milestones. There's been some big changes that were some outcries for the community. Uh, they made some things that I want to talk about. There was a nice little interview over at uh, the Xbox uh, podcast with Larry Hub. That was really kind of nice to listen to. And Phil Spencer actually joined up uh, with the team over at the Rare Studios for the first time in four years. So I'll dive a little bit into that as well as some other stuff. There's some new merch, some new Twitch drops. Uh, we're going to be covering, hopefully, if I have time, the rest of the patch notes. Um, but there's also some other stuff to go over. So with all that said, let's get into it. But before we get into that, I have to thank the patrons because they're the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash Keelhawn podcast to show their support for this content. If you love Sea of Thieves and you love the content that I'm putting out there, Patreon is a perfect way to support me. If not, just share it with a friend. Go review it. Uh, like the Twitter links. Join the Discord. Plenty of ways to get around uh, paying any money to support this content. But if you do, I really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It helps out with a lot of the stuff that I'm working on it's kind of like my second job right now so you're helping support making sure that i'm able to pay for stuff like internet like subscriptions all that fun stuff i'm getting emotes and stuff for the discord so i wanted to thank people's republic elcute balls bam bam bagel captain hasco chateau Neuf, zombie killer cloud cosmic johnson davram tv el jefe esteban fergatron trickster jabaro 5 carl embo Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, Alcarian Darth, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, NX Gamer, Raja the Brave, Registella, Rustbell Kid, Norwegian, Skinny Matt, Scum Melt 666, Sudesh, Tarnished Film, That Kilted Guy, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Straw Hat and Connor, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow, thank you all so much for your support. It really helps out. Thank you. And with that, let's get into the actual episode. First things first, I figure uh, let's get the little stuff out of the way, the pertinent stuff that comes uh, really quickly. And we'll dive into the lore and some some thoughts and some feelings on the sovereigns after that, uh, kind of the meat of the rest of the episode. So things you should be aware of. New Twitch drops are coming. Now, these are new Twitch drops in the sense that there's a new set of Twitch drops, but not new Twitch drops as, a, as in like new cosmetics. These are actually cosmetics that were given out about a month ago, uh, if I recall correctly. And it's the Twilight Hunter ship set so if you missed any parts of it like i did i actually missed the flag because i didn't remember to log in on the second friday of that of the the two weekends that they did uh they're doing another twitch drop and they're doing it the way they did the last twitch drop where it's an accumulation of hours that you have to watch not a uh, specific day for a certain amount of time kind of thing so they're giving away um seven different cosmetics and it's all of the twilight hunter ship set so they're starting off with uh them in different stages the thing that i want you guys to remember if you're going to be watching the twitch streamers who are going to be participating in the twitch drops is you want to make sure that you're setting up a timer for at least an hour so that way 
when the timer goes off, you remember to go into the Twitch Drops inventory and claim the item. If you don't claim the item, it will not start counting the additional hour for the next item. So you could end up watching much more than the seven hours that's required to get the entire full ship set. So it's going to start off in this order. The first hour is going to be the Twilight Hunter wheel. The second hour is going to be the Twilight Hunter hull. The third hour will be the figurehead. The fourth hour will be the sails. The fifth hour will be the flag and then the cannon and then cap stands for the sixth and seventh. It is impertinent that you remember that you have to go in and claim these after the first hour, after that hour mark, or you will not start gaining credit in timed watched uh, for the next piece. This is going to be going on from the uh, 19th of August to the 22nd of August. So you want to make sure that you do. It starts off uh, around, I think, 9 a.m. Uh, CST time actually let me open up the the tweet roll here real quick because I, I closed it out and i want to make sure that i get that oh, i already had it open god why do i do this to myself uh it starts at 9 a.m utc which is i believe two no 1 a.m eight hours yeah 1 a.m pacific standard uh three hours after that would be 4 a.m pacific or eastern standard um hopefully you guys are, are doing this stuff on your own too you're not just relying on my uh, mental math to be able to get these uh, times in. So, but you want to make sure that you're watching for the full uh, seven hours. Now, the seven hours does have to be something that you go in, you claim it, and then it starts the second hour, and then you claim it, and then you go in and get the third hour. And it, so, please set up a timer, remind yourself, kick it off. If you can spare yourself uh, like two days to be able to do this, um, split it up into like three and a half hour sessions. That tends to be a little bit easier for people. If you're planning on sailing um, yourself, just kind of set it up on a second screen or on your phone. Just remind yourself to, to log in and actually claim it after the first hour, every hour. Okay. Next, let's talk about uh, Sea of Thieves merchandise. Sea of Thieves merchandise is out now. There is uh, new stuff that you can actually check out, which is they've actually got some really nice stuff. This is over at uh, the raregames.store um, section. They've got some new t-shirts uh, as well as I believe Fangamer um, went and put out some new merchandise as well too. Uh, so if you if you want a beanie, there's a bucket hat. It's not a beanie. It's a bucket hat. It's a Reaper's Bones uh, bucket hat for 18. Um, they have a Reaper's Bones uh, shirt that has a little logo on it. It's actually got the the mask and uh, it says plunder without limits around the little circle. That is the mask. It's actually really cute. And then on the back, it has a really cool kind of uh, it's like a I can't think of what the name of the artist is, um, but it's like the, the Toulouse-Lautrec kind of style. If, if remembering what that is i always think of uh what it was it moulin rouge um toulouse uh, but it's the black cat photo. If you've if you've ever been to any any art store ever they, that that sells prints, you know what black cat poster I'm talking about. This uh, kind of uh, art form that they're or the plundering the reaper thing that they're doing kind of looks like that. It's like a little bit red, a little bit gold, um, and just the reaper mask with a couple hourglasses around it, and then plunder without limits the reaper's bones. Um, I I like it. I think it looks really good. Uh, whether or not they're going to be able to um, offer anything more than double XL is probably not the case, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I apologize to those who would love to pick these up but can't because they don't offer them in the sizes that uh, that they that they want. They've also got some 
uh really nice we shall sail together some athena's fortune stuff that i actually really like as, as well as the bucket hat if i liked oh man if i wore bucket hats i would actually do it but i'm kind of tempted to pick up the uh embroidered hat that's just a black hat that has the athena's fortune uh logo with two kind of ghostly hands that are kind of it's like an Ouroborealis where it's like a snake eating a snake kind of thing but they're kind of chasing each other's tails going around the actual Athena logo uh, and it just says we shall sail together Athena's fortune it's, it's really cool I actually really think that they did a good job with this set of um of, of different uh, kind of designs. Um, they've also got a gold hoarder one uh, that has your success brings us fortune and it has the gold hoarder skull over a chest with a bunch of little coins around it. Really fun stuff. I, I love that. Um, they've also got some other ones for uh, the hunter's call that says there's always a bigger fish and it has like a Kraken's tentacles with a megalodon and some uh, stormfish around it. They've really done a good job kind of going through um, each of the different uh, factions and stuff so the merchant alliance has trading trust uh the merchant alliance and then it has um like a i don't even know what to really describe this as it looks like a two hands shaking uh, with like a ribbon kind of wrapping around it, it reminds me of the the um the eternal promise or whatever the promise was that was in harry potter where it's like you can't you know you can't break your promise or it'll kill you kind of thing that's which is straight up like what the, what the merchant alliance is kind of all about and i'll get a little bit into why i i say that uh later on but the order of souls is really kind of cool uh it's all in your head is is their kind of motto um and then it says uh omens in servitium uh uh i'm i'm not in a, a rum and a murum and a murum i think it's latin and i don't speak latin and i can't i can't pronounce latin that well either um but it, it is really kind of cool how they've got a hand on a, a order of soul skull and there's a bunch of wispy purple uh mist that's coming out of it really cool i might actually pick up uh the the shirt for that too um and it's just they're they're going with the trading company stuff which is really awesome and i and i think they've done a really good job with it too i think they're offering a, a really good selection of different styles as well as like hats and bags and stuff they they are still struggling to be able to furnish uh, sizes that fit for everyone um, and I still think they could definitely go a lot further as far as like the type of uh, clothing that they offer or, or merchandise and stuff like I would I would love to see like um what was it fan gamer uh just recently came out with a list of new items that are that have been kind of released and one of the new things that they released is this big beautiful kind of stylized version of um the the world map and I just I, th I think it's fantastic. I think they did such a good job of uh, kind of making this big, beautiful map. Like I've already been tempted by their big mouse pads already. Um, but this was one where it was like, I, I haven't yet bought the Flameheart one with the ghost ships. I've been very, very tempted to pick that one up. Um, but I'm now kind of questioning myself because I keep looking at this one from Fangamer that has like the world map, but it's all kind of i don't even really know how to how to describe it it's it's like it's wonky it's like one of those old school ones where it's got you know like a big head in the corner blowing wind down on uh like a ship sails and it's just it, they did a really good job over at fan gamer so there's two stores you can actually go pick some stuff up at 
there's like the the fan gamer one uh that has the sea of thieves collection that you can search for on their website and they've got like a little pin that has like a compass and the compass has a skull and there's a little red uh, arrow that kind of points to north and stuff and it doesn't actually i don't think actually do that i think it just spins but it's really kind of cool but the the pirate lords map kind of desktop one that i like is um oh you, you know what a good way to describe it is it's the loading screen uh remember that cinematic that everyone turned off uh because they wanted to skip it and then rare offered you uh the the way to skip it but then they added the animation that makes you wake up from the table every time you log into a server so it totally defeated the point of uh cutting out the cinematic it's that map it's it's kind of like that map and stuff so i think it's freaking amazing actually i really <laughs> love this one and i might end up getting this this one over the the pirate lord one because one of the images that they have is literally just go keel hall fort and and it's just it's beautiful i love it so i might end up getting that because uh it's not too bad 28 bucks i can and that's definitely cheaper than what um what i'd kind of like been looking at lately i've been looking like i went to a convention uh probably about six or seven months ago and I was shopping around and the ones that they had there that were just, it was just a straight print off of like a, a, a website. Like they didn't do anything special to it, but it was just like anime prints that they did. Um, those were like 40, 50 bucks. And the Diablo one that I picked up from when I went to like a Heroes of the Dorm uh, uh, a tournament uh, back in like L.A., I think this thing cost me like 55 bucks too. So for 28 bucks for something that's 35 inches by 16 inches, that is a pretty good sized map for what they're offering here. So kudos to uh, fan gamer for getting uh, Adam Rufino to, uh, to draw this up, to be able to put this out. Um, Cause I'm definitely very interested to, to I'm probably going to pick this up if I'm being honest with myself. So those are kind of the main things that I wanted to kind of share with you all with regards to some of the short stuff. Um, Outside of that, there's uh, you should expect that tomorrow is Monday. And if you're listening to this on the day of, uh, there is a new adventure cinematic that's going to be coming out called The Hunter's Cry. There's already a preview up available for it. Um, you can sit there and wait for people uh, to for it to, to un unlock. It's premiering in two days, you know, tomorrow, technically. Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, today's, today's the 14th. Tomorrow's the 15th. So there's and there's 46 people waiting. I'm one of the idiots that are waiting around. Um, so but the Hunter's Cry is going to be coming out tomorrow. We'll get a, a nice little cinematic story trailer. Expect Shelly in there. Um, if I have time, um, I'm going to be doing a reaction to this and a breakdown of it. So that way you guys can actually get um, uh, an idea of, of some of the lore and stuff that's going on between that based on what they actually show in that. And then the adventure itself will actually be going live uh, this Thursday, which will be the 18th of August. I'm very excited to see uh, what's going on with that because um, as, as I've been told, little birds have told me that apparently this ties into uh, the current goings on with DeMarco's death, um, which also really kind of interests me. I'm very curious because as of right now, right now, the the big story is, is that uh, the, the pirate lord is been paying off the crew that was sailing with DeMarco in the ship that was uh, kind of masquerading as the Howling Wolf. And as such, um, it's supposedly he's been killed by that crew. And that if you take your uh, if you take your fallen um, sea dog lantern to the Athena's fortune tavern and you go into the pirate lord's room, if you hold it up, it says guilty written all over the place. And it's a little too on the nose for me to believe that Ramsey is the one that would have paid someone to kill his son unless they were doing so to 
have him be sent to the fairy of the damned um which again seems really strange because i still i still adamantly believe that his soul is trapped in the lantern and that's what powers the lantern and that's why the lantern has been revealing all of these mysterious things to us uh to kind of lead us down the path of who actually killed demarco as as was originally shown after we got the lantern after it showed us in the sand it wanted to know who killed demarco it'd be weird if uh someone set that up just to lead it to the pirate lord and then that was the end of it so i've been hearing that they're tangentially related so it feels like a culmination of everything hopefully the hunter's cry is uh just that and and we get to understand a little bit more about what's going on as we i assume go into the sea of the damned after amaranta uh and and duke the dark lord and wander the warsmith uh, to go and rescue Merrick so that we can finally turn in our fish at Steven Spoils. Otherwise, I don't know what the hell we're going to be doing over at Steven Spoils. They're going to have to have another baby or something, uh, bring in a cousin or something to be able to have us turn in. Because that would be really, like, I don't see a future where we aren't going to be able to turn in fish over at Steven Spoils. That just seems so weird. We worked so hard to kill off Golden Sands Outpost and it survived. And regardless, now we can return stuff in there. So I would be very surprised if Rare was like, all right, you guys can have Golden Sands Outpost back, but you're not getting Steven Spoils for a turning point for the Hunter's Call. That's that's the trade-off. That would be, re <laughs> it would be really, really weird if that was the decided outcome of saving Golden Sands. Is they're like, all right, you can have Golden Sands back, but we're taking Steven Spoils. Good luck with your fish finding your way over to the finest sea post uh and, and which you actually should be doing because honestly the allegiant uh little model ship out there is still one of my favorite little easter eggs in the game um yeah so okay that is it as far as the pertinent stuff uh that you should know about before you get in in any deeper into this podcast so let's take a quick break and i'll jump into the rest of the news All right, so we've kind of covered some of the stuff that's uh, like what you need to know going into the rest of this week. Let's talk about some of the stuff that happened this last week that was kind of interesting. So we saw a tweet that came out from Rare, not uh, from Sea of Thieves, actually. This was actually from Rare themselves. And they uh, kind of hinted at, the, well, they didn't really hint. They basically said that Phil Spencer went and visited Rare. And this is something that was really interesting because Phil, you know, he is a very busy guy, you know. He's in the middle of dealing with an acquisition with Activision Blizzard King. Uh, he's constantly wanting to make sure that um, the company is is moving in a positive direction. Uh, and for for being the head of Xbox to make a trip out to England uh, to go visit for the weekend for Rare, it really says a lot about how he cares about that studio. So it's been the first time that they've that he's been at the Rare Studios in four years. Uh, so it's been really great to see kind of him sitting down and, and I imagine this was kind of twofold like one he's probably going there to check in on the studio and see how things are going and the other half of it is probably there to actually kind of tell them like this is where we're probably going in the next five years for Xbox um, and how that's going to impact your studio 
That's usually how these trips work. You go, you have a couple meetings with the leadership to see how things are going. Uh, you see where they need help. And then you have a, a good conversation about what's going on with Xbox in the coming future and what they can uh, expect from the rest of the studios that are going to be onboarded with the acquisition as long as those go in uh, well. And then there's a little bit of Q&A session. And then there's probably a kind of a session where Phil gets to go around to the different teams, see what's going on with Sea of Thieves, see what they plan on doing and then see like how that's going to to land in in comparison to the rest of the the gaming studios that are at microsoft studios everything i just said is all speculation but i've been through enough companies where i've seen corporate visits uh that i can imagine this is probably not much different <laughs> so um one of the cool things that comes from this is it, it always kind of comes down to um what the purpose of the visit is and i think this and 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 there's not really that can be said too much because they're they're definitely kind of keeping mum about what's going on with everwild but usually usually matt booty is the one that goes in and kind of keeps up to date with what's going on with the different studios he's the one that's head of studio uh kind of development and keeping keeping track of like what projects are going on with the different studios and matt booty uh was not pictured in any of the pictures that they put out which means that he's probably busy doing other stuff so if phil is going there i have a feeling what happened was uh phil wanted to actually go and take a look and see what was going on with Everwild. Uh, in, in many of the pictures that I saw, Louise O'Connor, who's currently in charge, uh, the executive producer for Everwild, was in uh, either taking photos of Phil with other people uh, or was in the background or even caught in the reflection of some of the uh, the photos that were taken. Um, so I, I have a feeling that what was going on um, based on the backgrounds that we saw, uh, they were in like some of the little tents and stuff and they were giving presentations. I think Phil was going to go take a look and see what was going on with Everwild. How was it coming along and how was uh, the game looking at its current state? Because we don't really know a whole lot about it. It's been since 2019 since it was announced so it's had a good three years worth of, of development beyond what they already had which i believe was uh, two years that they had been working on it prior i think they started in 2017 when they kind of kicked up the ideas from what i've heard i could be wrong about that it's all here it's all based on you know what i hear from little birds so uh it's it's not too insane to think that phil wanted to get an idea of whatever wild was going to be and how they were going to be able to market it and kind of squeeze it into the rest of the other games that are being currently developed like stage of decay 3 you got uh perfect dark you've also got fable there's uh forza motorsport that's going to be coming out later this year plus they've got um redfall and starfield to be worrying about they are also uh other games avowed by obsidian uh right now currently being in developed um so lots of games that are kind of being made right now and everwound's always been the one that's been kind of quiet not many people really talking about it so i wouldn't be surprised if phil was kind of uh, taking a look and see what's going on with that as well especially since uh luis was kind of the one that was kind of walking around with phil as opposed to joe i wouldn't i would normally expect if it was more of a sea of thieves visit that it was definitely going to be kind of like uh joe kind of escorting um phil around talking about how the game's going what's what's been on there and and basing basically saying like you know this is what the trajectory is for sea of thieves um i didn't see that so but at the same time it could very easily be like they just didn't choose those photos because 
you know, who knows why. But anyway, nice to see that uh, Phil still cares a lot about the game, still cares a lot about the studio. Definitely want to make sure that they feel welcome uh, with the Xbox um, brand and that they are committed to bringing their games to uh, to, to the Xbox ecosystem. Um, yeah. <laughs> The next thing that I wanted to touch on actually deals with uh, the Xbox podcast. This is um, Larry Hub's kind of baby. He's been he's been doing this for oh god years now, uh, but it's the Xbox podcast, um, and we got to actually have Mike uh, Chapman and Shelley Preston from Sea of Thieves actually get to be on the podcast. They did a nice interview online, uh, which is always great to hear. And it was essentially them kind of showcasing uh, captaincy, talking about season seven and uh, what they can expect. If you don't know, uh, Larry Hub has been, um, or I think it's Herb, 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 Larry, oh, sorry. Uh, but he's been playing Sea of Thieves since it came out. He's been a big fan of it and been playing since the alpha and uh, dips in there enough to to be able to have fun with his friends. He's got a regular crew and stuff. And um, they were kind of talking about some of the things that they really kind of usually do when they're going to be doing kind of uh, uh, segments on um, uh, big updates and stuff. So it was kind of nice to have them kind of sit back and talk about some of the things that they brought to the game as well as some of the expectations that they had and really kind of focus in on the, what I believe is the, the genuine goal of captaincy, which is to really kind of uh, build a ship around your play style. You know, what you do in the game really does get reflected in the different alignments. And those are kind of the main things that you should be doing, just kind of playing naturally. As a result, you'll start to unlock some of the different uh, cosmetics and things like that, that really kind of reflect your play style, really kind of show off the type of captain that you are and what kind of captain you want your ship to represent as well, too. I've been having a lot of fun going and finding some of the stuff that I've already unlocked. Uh, and, and with that, getting them on the podcast was great, um, but they did actually put out an update. This was a forum post uh, as well as a, a, a press release that came out as an update to captaincy and the milestones. Uh, many folks have been talking about how some of the milestones uh, are, are too high and too lofty of a, of a, a goal to be able to get even the, the tier one of the actual um, trophies or trinkets and ornaments and stuff. So um, I wanted to kind of go through this real quickly just to kind of give you an idea uh, of what you should expect and what some of the changes are. So that way, if you have been working on some of these and you have been upset that some of them are really, really high, uh, then you can go ahead and get some of these. Um, Overall, I still feel like that the the pirate alignments um, should really reflect your own personal play style. They shouldn't be something that everyone works on to get every single cosmetic. I know everyone wants it that way, but really try to kind of uh, uh, embody what being a captain of your ship and your play style should reflect when you, you're going for some of these alignments and stuff. So uh, uh, Shelly was actually the one that um, kind of typed up this forum post. Uh, so it was nice that she, she did this for us uh, and says that an update to captaincy and milestones a deeper dive into changes to the milestone systems for all our captains of adventure from shelly preston lead designer of sea of thieves ahoy captains first off i'd like to extend a massive thank you to all the captains of adventure who have set sail since the launch of season seven it's been a joy for the team to see your ship names and their stories beginning to come to life on the sea of thieves We've also been seen we've also seen and heard the sentiment around the new milestone system. So I wanted to explain the thinking behind the system and announce some changes. 
what is the intent, uh, the intention behind the milestone system? This was the question posed that they answered. Uh, the intention of this system is to enable you to track the way you uni uniquely play and the things you like to engage with the most, and then give you rewards for that, letting you customize your ship to become a true reflection of your playstyle and journey. In terms of overall time investment, the balance required to progress milestones it is intended to be vastly different to commendations or seasonal progress in that this is a long-term progression representing your journey over not just a single session, but many. With that in mind, players should expect that milestone progression is slower than some of the existing progression systems. The next question was, why don't milestones track things I did in the past? I think a very fair question, which I, I was okay with going into this. Milestones are not awarded for deeds you have already completed, primarily because milestones are designed to be a progression system specific to captaincy. They are for actions you have completed while aboard a captained ship, much like pirate legend commendations that require you to be a pirate legend to unlock them. If you play on a non-captained ship, you do not progress milestones. In addition to this, the team have been hard at work implementing a huge number of stats behind the scenes, which have been a significant undertaking in order to correctly track and award all of these milestones for you, your crew and your ships. We have not had the ability to track many of these actions until now, so it would have been impossible to retroactively award everything. The fairness and most consistent approach was to have no milestones be retroactive, rather than having a mix of retroactive and newly tracked stats. When we originally considered or when we were originally considering the system, we did discuss the carefully and carefully consider this this limitation of not being able to award everything retroactively. We ultimately felt that the introduction of milestones still has a hugely positive impact that makes Sea of Thieves seasons or sessions more rewarding over the long term, especially as you're rewarding core content that will always be a part of the experience. And to kind of um address this outside of the actual post uh, some people have been yeah but what about the hungering deep or the hungering uh no what is it the shrouded ghost uh that is one of the few things i've seen in the game that is retroactively uh, re uh awarded and i and i think it's pretty clear why the the percentage chance of people being able to actually see the shrouded ghost in game um or at least appear to have seen it uh is very very slim in fact most people still haven't actually seen one the people that claim that they've seen one have only seen one once and there's only a few people out there who've ever seen it uh supposedly more than once and i think they're they're genuinely doing something behind the scenes to to really kind of grease the palms of joni but i won't get into that um so i i don't blame them for wanting to award something like that when the the figurehead came out uh for the shrouded deep um that was something that was awarded to people who had already found uh the shrouded ghost um through the the happenstance uh supposedly so the next question in getting back to the post why are rewards easier to achieve which i think is a great question uh that really kind of addresses why people are upset about the amount of progression that it takes to get some of this stuff uh the answer is milestones never end as they are uncapped allowing you to progress them forever you can't quote unquote complete a milestone 
At certain classes, though, you can unlock rewards. In terms of the balance of where rewards lie, we have rewards that are given for the alignment itself, meaning you can do anything within the alignment to get them. The trophy items of trinkets, pictures, and plaques are given for specific milestones themselves, and therefore intended to showcase dedication to a particular activity. The intention was not to expect every player to have everything. But for every but four players to have those items that represent a chosen playstyle unique to you and your crew. We've heard a lot of feedback from players around wanting more long-term goals and objectives. This is, and, and I'm speaking right now, this is 100% the case. We've been asking for uh, extended seasons. I've been asking for, um, uh, uh, oh, I just blanked on the word. Whatever the word is, when you, when you prestige the trading companies, you can roll them over again, basically get a little, you know, a little marker on there that says, congratulations, you prestiged the, uh, the uh, trading company. So now you get to go through it again for a better title or, you know, whatever. Um, so it's, it's 100% the case. We've been asking for longer term goals and then people complain when we get longer term goals so getting back to this uh, and their tier systems for trophies felt like a good solution to this rather than creating completely unique trophies for the upper tiers that would have felt out of reach for some players there is a small reflection of your personal level of dedication in the quality of its base frame or plaque while the trophy itself stays the same and what she's talking about here uh, pertains to the little plaque or the frame around the pictures uh, those get better in quality the higher tier that you get uh, the the higher class level that you get um, so that anyone that reaches the bare minimum uh, to get that item that wants that item can have that but the people that really focus in on those on a regular basis will get that class higher and higher and higher over time quicker than if other people are focusing on just getting the uh, base unlock for that um, and they're the people that will have the really elaborate looking version of that but otherwise it'll be the same uh, getting back to the answer here this felt like a good balance of fairly unlocking the customizations you want on the journey while still accommodating those players who really <laughs> it's basically what i said uh, who really want the long-term progression to be represented the tiers are a meaningful icing on the cake however that being said we feel that there are definitely changes that we can make to address the feedback around the milestones being too much of an investment without compromising the original vision for these as a long-term progression system. That line right there 100% 100 confirms my feeling that they didn't want to do this, but they realized that people were complaining. And by listening to the complaints, uh, and, and they call it feedback. I'm calling it complaints. Um, to address that feedback, they are making adjustments. The original uh, ones that they had were what they wanted. And, it, and it's 100% the case because they had an additional eight weeks of development time to be able to look at the numbers and judge whether or not this was going to be the case. So their original vision was what we got. They are now adjusting it based on the people's feedback. So for anyone that says that Rare doesn't listen, this is a perfect example of when they listened and they're compromising on what they wanted to have to make it easier for what the people want to have. Getting back to the to the answer. Some of this is from player feedback, but since we launched, we have also had the ability to track how swiftly players move through milestones. And we can see areas that are not aligning with uh, the time we anticipated. So this is actually interesting because they had a vision and they expected players to be on top of it. 
based on what they've seen in the past. People aren't. So maybe some of these they're actually looking at and saying, okay, we expected people to really jump on this. They didn't. We'll go ahead and, and, and lower this to make it a little bit easier based on how people are actually approaching it. So we're either not giving uh, them what they expected or uh, they are giving us what we hope for. Uh, let's see, where was I? Da, 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 da. There's your felt meaningful, burp, 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 represented. I feel like I, wait, oh, there it is. Okay, so I've, I caught my spot. Uh, some of the most vocal feedback we've heard has been around timed activities like sleeping and sitting. When we were building the milestone system, we really wanted all play styles to be represented. For instance, an alignment like the rogue represents those who enjoy the whimsical charm of life aboard a ship, the role players. We wanted to include these players in a way that felt meaningful and not have the rogue be significantly faster to progress than the other alignments. So the legendary rogue didn't feel like a lesser accomplishment. That's the reason we balanced the timing to be high, but we've heard the feedback and now lowered these to be more achievable through passive play. So essentially what she's saying here is they didn't want this to be the way people got additional ships. They didn't want people to be like, oh, the legendary rogue. Well, that's cool. You didn't really do a whole lot to uh, to get that, did you? You're not you're not quite like the captain or uh, the emissary. You know, you're just the rogue. So congratulations on spending an hour sleeping in a bed uh, while you're AFK doing something else kind of thing. They wanted it to be equal to the rest of them. It's like, wow, you slept that long in the boat? Do, what were you doing? What was your crew doing? Why didn't they brig you? Or you were spending that much time on fire? Like, seriously, did, did, did you have to be? You know, so lots of things like that well uh, the big question here is um is sitting and sleeping the thing that really speaks to what the rogue could be or is it something else like time spent um gosh i don't know I, there's it's so hard to kind of think of like the, how do you how do you measure role play like how many times do you stay in costume how many times do you change your outfit things like that do you ever uh change like the the, the title there's so many ways that you you have to try and figure out how are you going to actually measure role play but role play is 100% a valid thing to do in the game so they wanted to award that and sitting and sleeping while boring uh, to some, maybe the thing that really kind of brings to life uh, the role play aspect for other players. If you're out there, maybe you do this. I would I would love to let you know. Personally, for me, I have actually started playing more music. I have started sleeping more often to top off my health. And I've been more willing to go to the ferry as opposed to eating through uh, food um, when not necessary, when it's no not like a big threat. So I've personally changed how I actually play the game a little bit because I want to slowly work on some of these milestones because they are things that are available in the game and it's not going to kill me if I'm uh, AFK on my sloop sailing in the middle of the sea with nothing around me. I'm not going to hit anything. If I took a little damage and I didn't eat a banana, I can jump into the into the little bed, the little comfy bed and uh, actually just top off my health that way. And that just slowly adds to the the time spent sleeping. And it's a little change, but it's a change that will get me a little bit closer to that next milestone that higher up in that class and stuff so 
that was kind of the representation that Rare put forward from Shelly uh, regarding why they're making some of the changes to the milestones and why things were set up the way they were before. So let's get into actually uh, some of the milestones that have actually been changed. And they kind of break it down based on the different alignments. So they've got the Gold Seeker, the Voyager, the Emissary, the Hunter, the Feared, the Rogue, the Ill-Fated, and they didn't have the Captain. Um, so let's talk about some of the things that they've uh, changed. So changes that are being made to the pirate milestones, which are, are probably the most important ones because a lot of your cosmetics are going to be coming from pilot, blah, 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 pirate milestones, not ship milestones. So for the gold seeker, uh, the treasure sold to each of the different trade companies has been decreased from 75 to 70 items sold. Uh, and the amount of um, uh, treasure sold that is required to get from uh, one class to the next class just in general is going from 450 down to 400. Uh, this is all going to feel very odd, but each class requires a certain quantity of items turned in for, for the gold seeker. And they're lowering that so that if you've turned in uh, 15 or 150 items instead of being only class two, you might be closer to class three now. So they're just kind of uh, adjusting this. So by the end of it, you should be a little bit further along in most of the different milestones uh, than you were. Not a huge amount, but a, a decent amount. So they're going through there and reducing what's required. Um, for the Voyager, they're reducing uh, the amount of voyages, uh, voyage quests completed, uh, the number of nautical miles sailed by half. It was from 200 down to 100. Islands visited is down from 15 to 10. Shipwrecks visited is down from 3 to 2. And rowboats docked is down from 3 to 2. Uh, which if you don't know, docking your robot, rowboat to your ship counts as a, a milestone. So you can actually ca catch up on the Voyager that way as well too. It only works once uh, per rowboat though. Um, the emissary, the gold earned uh, as an emissary for each of the different emissaries has been increased from three, no, 30,000 gold to 100,000 gold. So this was an instance where they really misjudged how much gold you typically make as an emissary and they are increasing it from uh, 30,000 to 100,000 for the original trade companies. Uh, in Reaper's Bones is actually going from 30,000 to 200,000. And the reason being is because you could turn everything into the Reaper's Bones emissary and earn uh, emissary value through, through them for everything. It doesn't, you know, you're not going to be stuck on just one um, which i have seen a lot of people uh, using the um, sovereigns as a turn-in point and they will turn in everything at level three for whatever they were and then they will cycle to, to work on these these milestones for the emissary uh, the hunter. The hunter is pretty easy. Um, provisions cooked has been decreased from 35 to 25. Provisions eaten has been decreased from 75 to 50. And the varieties of fish cost have been decreased from 25 to 10. So pretty significant change there. As far as the feared go, uh, cannons fires, uh, cannons fired had a 25% decrease. Um, ghost ships vanquished uh, decreased from 25 to 15. Ships, uh, skeleton ships and skeleton lords have been knocked down from three to two. Uh, sharks vanquished has been decreased from 45 to 10. Apparently, not a lot of people killing sharks out there. Uh, sunken kingdom treasures conquered has been decreased from three to two. The rogue. Uh, minutes spent playing shanties has been decreased from 60 minutes to 15 minutes. A huge, huge decrease to that. Uh, same thing with Grog's Port has been decreased from 75 down to 30. 
and minutes spent sleeping has been decreased from 60 minutes to 5 minutes. And then minutes spent sitting has decreased from 60 down to 10. So the rogue was really the one that, that got, got the biggest hit, which I think is the, the main complaint that most people had was it was uh, too much for, for you to, to be spending that much time not doing anything on your ship. And then the ill-fated was the last one for pirate milestones. Uh, trips to the Ferry of the Dam has decreased from 25 to 15. Minutes spent in the storm has decreased from 60 down to 15, which is huge. Uh, minutes spent on fire has decreased from 60 down to 5, which is huge. And then buckets bailed has decreased from 100 down to 50, 50% reduction in that. And then time sunk has been uh, decreased from 25 times down to 15 times. Uh, so for a lot of these, they've gotten uh, anywhere from 25 to 50% reduction in, uh, if in some cases, even more uh, as far as the requirements and stuff. Uh, there have been some changes to the ship milestones as well. A lot of them echo a lot of the changes that were from pirate milestones with a lot of things being decreased and some things being increased in, in regards to the emissary, all the gold being increased to the same amount. So they basically went through, adjusted a lot of these, took down uh, the, the requirements for some of the ones that required you to either, you know, uh, times damaged, time spent in the storm or time spent on fire or time spent sitting, sleeping uh, or playing music or, or pouring grogs and stuff. So um, that's kind of what uh, was the, the, the main the main takeaway from this and uh they did kind of talk about like what to expect so if you have already been in the game you may have already seen this um if you haven't then when the next time you log into your captain's ship uh you should be able to see that your alignments have increased in uh value for most of them i think the emissary is the only one that you might actually see a decrease in uh as a result but all of the other ones should go up if you've been working on any of them for the most part and as such you should go check out the ship customization chest to make sure that uh you are taking a look at the different uh, uh ship milestone um, cosmetics to see if there's anything that unlocked there for the banner the title or the book or head over to your shipwright to talk to her uh, to find out um, if there was anything that unlocked uh, for the trinkets ornaments or ship decorations if you guys have any questions about wanting to take a look at these numbers to kind of compare them um, feel free to head over to the show notes i will have the link to the uh, post in the show notes if you want to read it yourself but i pretty much went through it verbatim so that's going to be the the majority of of what you'd be getting there so thank you to shelly uh preston um, for for uh, kind of giving us a breakdown on this and hopefully this was enough to make the masses happy um, and hopefully they get the base tier level of whatever they were, were working on uh, a lot sooner ahoy there pirates this is the ad for this episode and i did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler you can head over to the patreon there's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad free version if you want to keep listening though i can't say i blame you because this week i want to let you know about loot crate and getting 15 percent off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code robots radio in the show notes also you can head over to audiobooks.com get your first three audiobooks for free and that can include any 
to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that, Pirates, let's get back to the show. I think there was one last thing that I wanted to touch on before we dive into the sovereigns, and that is uh, the fox. Let's talk about the fox. Uh, there's been a conversation about the fox, why we haven't seen it, why they haven't talked about it. It's been in the, the loading screen. It's been in the promotional artwork for it. And it is kind of odd that we haven't had them talk about this. Um, I'm assuming that it's coming because it seems weird that they would have the extra time to work on this season if they were anticipating it coming they could have easily made artwork that was uh, that, that didn't have it in there if they needed to push it out. Um, I'm assuming this is something that is going to be coming to uh, the Emporium with the other pets. Part of me is kind of hoping that this is like a special reward, though. Um, we don't really I don't really know what it would tie to. But I, I, part of me like still has hope that we're going to be getting some sort of pet that is purchasable in game with gold uh whether it be something that you know is is awarded through doing something like um commendations or uh one of the adventures i think it'd be great to have a pet that coincided with um with with the actual like content that's being released i think the biggest uh thing that really kind of stood out to people was when we got the prison dog from a pirate's life that was not something that was made available after uh after the tall tales came out we those that was something that was made available through the pirate emporium so i don't know if there's like a, a hard stop when it comes to pets that say we will never have these available in game for purchase or as a reward they will always be content that is made for the emporium i can imagine that's the case but part of me still kind of holds out hope that uh that th this could be tied to some sort of reward i can't imagine for the life of me, I, I genuinely can't think of anything in the game that pertains to foxes that would give us any idea about why this would be a reward for anything we do in game, which really is what just kind of pushes me to the idea that this is something that's going to be coming to the Emporium at some point during season seven. We've seen stuff um, that doesn't make sense in in the uh, in the loading screen. Every every time they do one of the uh, the title cards for Sea of Thieves, it always pertains to what is going on in the game. More recently, we started to see them really kind of add stuff that is going to be brought in that season. Not necessarily something that is immediately evident. Um, so if you see something like the staff that has the gold hoarder skull on it, that was tied to the last adventure that we got. Uh, if you see the, the I'm, I'm now I'm completely blanking on everything uh the twilight uh, or not the hunt the hunter I think eagle or or uh bird that's in the 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 thing is something that we've had already so I'm not quite sure why that one's there unless maybe it ties to uh the hunter's call or the hunter's cry um one of those things might might make a sense for that but I can't imagine it could very well be um the, the way that uh it could be that um merrick it, it we're, we're uh oh okay i got it i got it uh hunter's cry comes out um the adventure 
and um, we're going through the the rescuing of Merrick, and he has uh, one message that he has to get back to Sarek, and that message is sent via the his bird, and that is the bird that is in the uh, title screen. There, figured it out. All right, everything else typically gets tied into. Um, what is going on in Sea of Thieves uh, for that season. So yes, we have a fox. No, it's not in the game. Will it be coming? I'm I'm like, I'm 99.9999% sure that we will eventually get this. And of course, my upstairs neighbors decided to take a shower right now. All right, so let's get into the sovereigns. Uh, who are they and what is their intent? Um, they're kind of what I would suggest as a con man. Um, this is exactly what I would expect from people who are trying to swindle you into something. Uh, they're posturing themselves as if they're high class, but personally, I think that um, if you take a look at their clothing, if you take a look at what they're doing, not all of them really come across as highfalutin or high status. Uh, even to some, they have scars and tattoos, which I would not expect anyone of high class society to have those. Um, and then we get into the actual letter. There was a letter that came to us via a tweet. This is uh, in regards or a response to Olivia from Chief Trader Molly. Uh, this was posted back earlier this month, and it reads, Olivia. I have received your letter and I too am suspicious. Their clothing, their speech, they deal only with captains and offer their services seemingly free. Clearly, they are trying to integrate themselves with prosperous and influential pirates. But to what end? I doubt they, uh, I doubt they lack for coin. The gold hoarders, of course, care little about who bring them treasure so as long as it arrives, thus to ensure brisk trade. And while they continue to spurn the reaper's bones, Yes, I shall accept valuables delivered via our new arrivals, and I advise you to do the same. I shall, of course, be observing these sovereigns very, very closely. Chief Trader Molly. Now, if you are uh, not familiar with Senior Trader Molly, or excuse me, Chief Trader Molly, I put down senior thinking that she was a senior, but she was a junior during the comics and then became a chief shortly after. Um, Chief Trader Molly is actually part of one of the origin stories for the trade companies. There's a comic that's available on Comixology. It's for free. You can go download it now. You just have to be able to search in Sea of Thieves. Origins number two, The Bonds of Union. And you'll be able to read through this. It's a great read. It's really, really interesting to kind of dive into the history of uh, Chief Trader Molly, what her history is, and the uh, kind of a, a welcoming or the, the discovery of the Grand Maritime Union. So you might be kind of wondering who the Grand Maritime Union is. They are, in this version of the, the Earth during this time, the equivalent to the East India Trading Company, which was a, a, a big council of, of uh, pirates that are not pirates but um, privateers that kind of work to do uh, work to control the trade routes from east india uh, a lot of spice trading things like that if you've ever watched any kind of pirates of the caribbean movie like the dead man's tale you'll kind of understand where we're coming from from this instance think of them like that uh, they're made up of a council and uh there's some some names you might want to keep an eye out um in the comic, if you if you take a look at some of the iconography as well as some of the names that appear, uh, the Grand Maritime Union um, are always associated with a crowned anchor. Uh, so anytime you see an anchor with a crown above the the, uh, the 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 anchor itself, just always assume that that's probably going to be tied to the Grand Maritime Union. 
Uh, some significant names that came from the comic. Uh, Lord Havish is uh, one of the council mem members of the GMU. And as well as Winston, who Winston is not referred to as a lord by Havish. Um, but there's definitely a, a bit of an e equilibrium between the two. They obviously have plans in place. And Grand, uh, excuse me, uh, Trader Molly at the time was a junior trader. She'd worked hard to learn how to sail, uh, never learned how to fight, um, but knew how to kind of get people to uh, agree with them joining up for the maritime union she basically worked as an onboarding to a lot of the uh, traders at different um sea ports out in the world before they came to the sea of thieves and the grand maritime union uh was always kind of asking her like how are you doing so well how come you're always earlier than any of the other ships on the trade routes how come you're always able to uh coerce people into the gmu uh when others have failed you're exceeding all of the people that have come before you and we want to understand why and she says well i'm just good at what i do essentially and they decide to offer her an opportunity to uh ascend to a, a a junior trader and without knowing what the the terms of the deal were she agreed to it and they sent her off with two senior traders to venture into the sea of thieves to go and get all of the resources and establish trade routes there uh they sent a, a full armada with the uh senior traders and um upon the the kind of realization that there is a, a a small width of space that you can pass between to get through the devil's shroud she brought it to the senior trader's attention to basically say like hey if if we want this armada our armada to make it into the sea of thieves we need to sail single file and they thought that's ridiculous there's no way we're exposing our flanks just for a little bit of fog and nothing's ever happened because of fog uh so they sailed through as their normal armada and all of the ships that went through the shroud were completely destroyed her ship was the only one that actually made it into the sea of thieves and upon getting into the sea of thieves they were greeted by pirates which then stole off all of the resources and all of the goods scuttled their ship and left the two seniors and herself on an island with a rowboat taking on the rest of her crew uh onto the pirate ship so they left her uh in the morning with the rowboat and she was stranded on an island uh, she eventually got rescued by a uh, crew of pirates and uh were brought to one of the sea posts or one of the outposts and her her rescuers were uh katia and ebony um they then helped senior trader molly or excuse me junior trader molly uh to steal the loot that was taken from the original grand maritime ship that was scuttled and then took that to the trader that was going to be the delivery point in the sea of thieves by the grand maritime union and the trader was uh or the the merchant was basically like it's it's amazing that you guys actually made it here the grand maritime union really have kept up their end of the bargain and molly's like no that was not the grand maritime union it was actually the merchant alliance and we hope you've earned our we hope that you we've earned your trust and that was kind of how the merchant alliance came about um so molly has since been kind of in control of the merchant alliance and to see her coming from the background of the grand maritime union uh there's a quote at the very end of the comic that i thought was very very interesting and it basically spoke to uh what the motivations for the sovereigns might be considering she understands that they have no lack for coin according to the letter that she sent back to olivia 
And the quote in the actual comic says, Someday they will find this place again, and they have more money and more men to throw at a problem than the whole of Sea of Thieves combined. And I think that speaks perfectly to what is going on right now with the sovereigns. Now, if you go over to the sovereigns, if you go stand behind them for a little bit, a distance away that they don't suspect that they're going to have to interact with you, they will pull out a letter. That letter has on the very top of it on a very illegible letter because it's obviously Sea of Thieves and, you know, they don't want to lead. They don't want to show their hand too soon over at the studios. Uh, at the very top of it, there is a crowned anchor to indicate that that letter is from the GMU. Now, if you go talk to them, the very understanding is they will speak only to captains. They will take everything from captains and give it to all of the other traders on the island. And, and I'm not saying traitor, I'm saying trader. Uh, so sorry if that if that's getting slurred. But they will give all of the goods to the different trade companies uh, without taking a cut, which seems very sus suspect and, and for rightly so. Like, why wouldn't you want to take a cut? That doesn't it doesn't really make sense unless you don't worry about coin. You worry about information. And what I think is going on is that the sovereign's intent are trying to get information. They're trying to get reputation. They're trying to get influence. They're trying to get a foothold in the Sea of Thieves so that they can understand how things work in the Sea of Thieves. Because when you don't need money, what you need is information. And you, you look at any good mob movie and mobs always kind of like they feed off, they, they trade in secrets. They don't trade in coin. You know, whatever, whatever they know is more valuable to them when they're putting pressure on other people for things that they want more than trying to buy them out for gold. Because gold or, or money in general can always be uh, raised. You can always raise the stakes. You know, you can always have more money to throw at someone to sway them over. It's why mercenaries only go for the highest bidder. They don't go for loyalty. Uh, so when, when you look at the mob, the mob always trades in secrets. They always try to get dirt on someone. And I think that's what the sovereigns are doing. They're trying to understand what's going on in Sea of Thieves. They're trying to understand who's influential. They're trying to find out who they can get on their side so that if they want help against uh, or, or if they want help getting into the Sea of Thieves and bringing the Grand Maritime Union, how easy is it going to be for the Grand Maritime Union to sail into Sea of Thieves and be like, hey, you guys have been dealing with the sovereigns, our, uh, our faction in the Sea of Thieves for some time now. Glad that you're enjoying their service uh, and they're not taking a cut of anything that you sell. Um, if you guys are happy with that, we can take over the rest of the outposts as well and you can, and you can turn in directly to us and we'll give you a bigger cut. How's that sound? So they'll try and sweeten the deal. And the deal is always going to change. It's like Darth Vader. Like it's, it's like Disney plus it's like, if you want, you know, Disney plus to do well, you give it to everyone cheap. And then three years later, they're like, Oh, by the way, we're introducing an ad and an ad free version at two different tiers. If you want the cheaper one close to what you're paying right now, well, that that's fine. You can keep that. That's going to be just, you know, whatever you want it to be. But you're going to have to deal with ads if you if you want the, the premium version, you know, the version that you've been enjoying now for, you know, a lower cost on us, then that's good. But to, to be sustainable, we, we would have to give you the premium version to, to maintain that quality. We would have to charge you a little bit more to get rid of those ads. That's how business works. They get you in cheap. And they get you uh, to, to stick, they get you addicted to, to the, to the actual thing. It's, it's, 
really common with a lot of companies and it works because many people get accustomed to that premium state. YouTube didn't used to have so many ads and then they kept putting ads in and more ads and more and more ads. And then the ads started getting longer until before you know it, if you don't click skip ad, you're sitting through a 30 minute video and infomercial for something you didn't even care about because you were putting it on the second screen, but that's okay. It's all right. Because you know why? Because for a short, small cost, you can pay for YouTube premium and get rid of those ads altogether. Now, YouTube is free. I mean, if you want free YouTube, that's fine, but you're going to have to deal with the ads. And I think like the sovereigns for right now, they're not taking a cut. But if you enjoy turning in as quickly as you do for now, that's going to be good. But eventually they might decide to change their minds. And with them, the GMU might come in and be a real threat to the reaper's bones because the reaper's bones right now they don't want they don't want people coming in here and establishing trade they don't want people coming in here and telling them how much of a cut you get for this or that or where you can turn in they'll take anything and they'll give you coin for what they can and they don't want any order to come in and tell them how to pirate that's the reaper's bones they're not just a pvp faction they have real purpose and that is why they say pirates for all eternity whether it's living or undead that's the reaper's bones and the gmu is the polar opposite of that and i think the sovereigns are the hey we'll do this as a favor for now so that's kind of what i've been thinking about the gmu um let me take a look real quick at my notes here and see if there's anything else that i missed but i think that covers a majority of it All right, I think that was the majority of it. I think the one thing that I will say is uh, that with the the sovereigns, um, I think that there is inherently something interesting about Sea of Thieves that is not uh, does not have to deal with actual gold. Uh, like gold does not seem to be the thing that they care about. Obviously, they care about power, influence, information, and stuff. So, I would not be surprised. And I could be wrong about this, but I'm, I'm obviously just speculating at this point. But I would not be surprised if the, the thing that the sovereigns are the most interested in is the power of Sea of Thieves, the thing that Davy Jones was interested in. He wanted to control pirates. He wanted to control uh, what they did. And I think likewise... I think the sovereigns are going to be much more interested in the history and the magic that is in Sea of Thieves, how we're able to heal, how we're able to come back from the dead, how we're able to harness the power of artifacts to travel between realms. I think those are the things that are going to be the most interesting. And I would 100% count on the fact that we were promised that Jack Sparrow was going to come back at some point, that he would return. And he has with him a very very magical or very very interesting magical relic that allows him to travel between realms whether it be in the same realm as our own in just a different location or a completely different realm altogether he's able to do that and i would not be surprised if there was a bit of a tie-in that brought us back to the east india trading company through uh through the gmu so it could be something that happens and i and i would i would bet on that because i think that would be a interesting place to go with the story now how does that tie into the dark brethren court how does that tie into the captain who i believe to be hook coming back 
We'll have to see. There's definitely a lot of questions, a lot of balls up in the air uh, that are kind of floating around, teasing us uh, with with the prospects of things to come. And Rare is still doing a masterful job of showing us little little tidbits here and there that will give us an idea of what the future of Sea Thieves is going to look like. So for now, if I were you, I would continue to uh, kind of go about things as usual, you know, take advantage of the captain's only uh, sovereigns right now, if that's what you want. Um, but, you know, always kind of keep your eye on what their intents are. Start paying attention if they decide to start saying some weird things about, you know, where they can find magical artifacts or who would be good to talk to to understand more about this gold hoarder? You know, keep an eye on them. Like Molly suggests uh, to Olivia, they're definitely worth observing for now. But for all intents and purposes, we don't know 100% of what their uh, true intentions lie or uh, what may be the result of them. So I would say continue just acting as normal and just kind of hope that for whatever comes in the future, we're able to handle it which I'm sure we probably will. All right, Pirates, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for uh, uh, continuing to support me as well as the podcast for jumping into the Discord. Uh, the Sherpas are still trying to to get some, some things worked out, so hopefully they're able to lock down time for some of the stuff that they want to do. Uh, if you have any questions, any comments, concerns, feel free to let me know either on the YouTube channel, uh, in the comments there. Um, if you're there, definitely feel free to like and subscribe. It definitely helps. I think I'm getting close to 500 subscriptions now and y'all killed it with the Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for anyone that went over and followed me over on Twitter. I, I was hoping to get over 2000 that that has happened in surplus. Thank you so much for the support there. Um, just come say hi. If you guys have any questions, there's a channel for the keel hauled podcast um, that I generally look at for any kind of things that are going on. So if you if you've had a question in the past and you've been wanting to ask it for a while and you're already using discord, uh, why not join up on the server? Even if it's just to ask the one question, if you've got too many, I don't blame you. Feel free to drop in there, drop the question. I keep an eye on it and then i'll, I'll uh, address it on the actual podcast um for gold hoarders you guys have a couple ways to get a hold of me too you can either get a hold of me through the podcast channel uh or through the actual podcast um the the actual post on patreon as well too and don't forget to on august 27th uh, we are going to be recording the gold hoarder episode for august um so make sure that you guys are signed up for that if you want to to jump in there's already i think uh 10 or 11 people that are signed up right now so it's going to be pretty busy in there. I'm going to try and make sure that everyone gets a voice. Uh, we'll probably be talking about uh, reactions to the Hunter's Cry in Season 7, Captaincy, um, how you guys are feeling about it, because I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, otherwise, if you guys want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do that. Head over to uh, Twitter.com. Um, look up CaptLogan, C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always send an email in to C-A-P-T l-o-g-u-n at gmail.com same thing it's been for the last four some years uh even before then when i had the accounts for other stuff um and just drop in say hi if you want say that you you've been listening i know some folks have been jumping on so welcome to anyone that's been listening uh if you're going back to the very beginning i would definitely dig through some of the history and take a look at some of the interviews that i've had in the past they've been great 
Um, I'm going to hopefully be able to get some more interviews going in here soon. Uh, there's been so much to talk about. It's been tough to, to lock stuff in. I know Caleb wants to talk about uh, an episode, I think maybe next week. I don't know if it's next week or not, but we'll, we'll have to see like what's going on because uh, there's definitely a lot of stuff going on with the Hunter's Cry that I, I will probably want to talk about when we get into it. But other than that, Pirates, I think that's going to do it. So as always, thank you. I love you and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. Here Now Audio Fiction Festival 2020. It's Bioshock, the Midnight Series. Based in the dystopian underwater city of Rapture, witness what it was like for civilians from different walks of life before and after Andrew Ryan's city fell. It's a tale of deception, downfall, and survival. The Midnight Series, a podcast by Preston Hardin. Listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you interested in keeping up with all the latest gaming news, but you're just too busy? Well, I've got the podcast for you. The Robots Radio Show is a daily gaming news show where I bring you in a quick format all the top news about video games, nerd culture, and even the best deals. You can find the Robots Radio Show on Spotify and Apple and all the different podcatchers. And you can join me live, twitch.tv slash robotsradio at around noon Eastern every day. Come talk about game stuff with me. Again, that's the Robots Radio Show. Available everywhere.